You're listening to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. Hosted by Rev Yearwood, Mustafa Santiago Ali, and me, Antonique Smith. Each week, we host important conversations with innovators, policymakers, cultural influencers, and movement leaders who are leading the way to a 100% clean energy and just world. Welcome to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. I am Rev Year with President and CEO of the Hip Hop Caucus. Hey, and I'm Anthony Smith, Grammy-nominated singer, actress, and artist, bringing some cultural flavor to the movement. <laughs> and I am Mustafa Santiago, our lead senior vice president of the Hip Hop Caucus. Welcome to our radio show and podcast that delivers real talk on climate change and environmental justice. No sides, just the facts and stronger communities. Man, this is awesome. Thank you to Pacifica and WPFW, always for hosting us here in the studio. And a big thank you for all of our listeners who tune in each week. We love you all. And we definitely want you to check out the show's blog at think100.info and be sure to follow us online at think100show. Well, let's let's get right into it. This we have a listen, I love road trips. I really do. I love and this is a special episode on the new American road trip, y'all. Drum roll. Yes. This is mm-hmm. so, so exciting. But before mm-hmm. we get to that, let's make sure we get to what's going on in the climate movement. So, Mustafa, what you got for us this week? Well, you know, Rev, this is an exciting time. We've got New York Climate Week that's okay. going on right now. It's actually September 24th through the 30th. You know, it's the largest climate week in the world. There are different climate weeks that are happening, but New York is holding it down and is one of the key summits in the international calendar, which runs alongside the United Nations General Assembly. So mm. they're both moving along at the same time and has been driving climate action forward since its launch back in 2009. There are more than 150 events that are planned during the summit, including discussions, museum visits and tours and documentary screenings, all focused on lowering our carbon footprint and living more sustainable. Is there a website that people can go to to check that out? Definitely. Everybody check it out at climateweeknyc.org, climateweeknyc.org. I I love that. And that actually comes from, that actually follows from Gcash, right? And what we Mm -hmm. did with our village. Yeah, we killed it. We killed it at our village in San Francisco. <laughs> Antonique was incredible. All oh, thank you. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. We just want to make sure that we wanted to take a moment and thank the thousands of people who participated with us uh, here at Hip Hop Caucus and also our partner, If Not Us Who. Then we wanted to make sure that, you know, those 20 plus events that we co-hosted that, you know, we just gave a shout out to folks and just wanted to make sure that people understood also the connection between what happened at GCAST and what's happening at New York Climate Week. So the beat doesn't stop. We are continuing to move forward on addressing these issues. And this again, I want to make sure, thank you, uh, if not us, then who, for being a great partner in that process. Well, let's move on. Anthony, what you got for us in the movement this week? 
Hurricane Maria is honestly just really crazy what happened in mm. Puerto Rico. Um, like so many people died. We have a, 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 a I, I can't call the man a leader or a president. I don't like to call him. I don't know what to call the man because I don't like to call him none of those things because I don't think he's really any of those things. But he doesn't even think that many people died. And he used to, mm. to say things like that in public. It's, it's unbelievable. I feel like we're in a twilight zone. But, but give us some more details on that, Mustafa, about one year anniversary of the hurricane, right? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. So everybody should know that on September 20th marked the one-year anniversary of Hurricane Maria. There's some incredible folks in New York and in Puerto Rico who have been keeping attention on that. Our Power NYC pulled together over a 1,000 leaders, artists and wow. activists. Shout out Uprose. Most definitely to Elizabeth Jean-Pierre and Eddie and all the other incredible folks who are doing their work there. But they wanted to make sure that folks were focused on a just recovery for Puerto Rico. That's yeah. important. You know, not only as Antonique, as you shared, you know, all the lives that were lost, 3000 people lost their lives, but people are still struggling to recover. So we yeah. just wanted to give a shout out to those folks. No. I read recently that they just restored 100 percent power only last month, like only about a month ago. Did all of Puerto Rico finally have power back? That's almost a year after the hurricane. People live that long without electricity. Wow. Like unbelievable unbelievable so we, have, we, have, we have to make sure and keep them up and i know there's a that folks are still dealing with right now in north carolina and south carolina and hurricane florence yeah. and yeah. you know we just want to lift them up there's a lot of issues that are going on there throughout the carolinas it is the flooding is still very real yeah i don't know quite Mustafa, do you know how many people where death toll is now they're calling for yeah unfortunately there are 44 people who have died wow. as relate you know as it relates to hurricane florence and what folks may not realize and what Rev just highlighted for folks is that the waters there in South Carolina are still rising. So all of that huge amount of water that, you know, uh, was in North Carolina and, and some in Virginia and some other locations <laughs> is now making its way down uh, into um, South Carolina. And unfortunately, wow. we may still continue to lose more life and, and, and property. I mean, that's that's why this is real. And that's why we, we do this show, Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change, because this is not about Republicans, not about Democrats, it's about humanity. Um, and it's literally about saving people's lives, not only in our own country, but around the world. And I know that there was, and I, as you know, as a graduate of all my degrees, <laughs> all my degrees <laughs> are from, from black colleges, and I'm very proud of that. And I'm also very proud, I'm going to know Mustafa, there was the... Historical Black College University, that's HBCU conference, um, in my home state of Louisiana, mm-hmm. uh, this past week. Yeah, we want to give a shout out to Dr. Beverly Wright and Dr. Right. Robert Bullard, uh, who continue to hold it down. You know, the Deep South Center for Environmental Justice in collaboration with Texas Southern University and the United Church of Christ convened the sixth annual HBCU climate change. I like conference. continuity. Exactly. Wow. So, you know, six years being able to run strong and what they do, the purpose of the conference was to bring together HBCU faculty, students, researchers, faith leaders, climate professionals and environmental justice and coastal community residents who are impacted by toxic facilities and severe weather events, especially those that are related to climate change in order to bridge the gap, if you will, between theory and experiential realities of climate change. 
So, Mustafa, when you say that, explain that last line. What do you mean when you say that? So, you know, Rev, unfortunately, we got a lot of people who want to operate in the theory space and they're not anchored Mm. to what's really happening inside of communities, especially frontline communities, fence line communities who are dealing with these impacts. So, you know, often we talk about communities like the Princeville community in North Carolina that's dealing with these thousand year floods. Or we talk about the Manchester community or Port Arthur, both of those in Texas and how, you know, these hardworking communities continue to be impacted. And of course, as Antonique had raised earlier, you know, when we talk about Puerto Rico, it becomes a lie for folks about how these climate change impacts can have devastating, devastating results inside of communities of color who often can't escape uh, and then who are caught in those situations and then in many, many instances can't even recover and return back to their communities. And that's the reason that the HBCU climate change uh, initiative is so super important because they're helping to prepare the next generation of leaders not only to be thinking about the impacts, but also the innovation about how will we be able to create the things that are necessary to move us in a positive direction. Man, I I, I love that. So listen, I I, I got one thing, and we're going to get right to this road trip because, you know, I love this. <laughs> I'm so excited about this new American road trip, y'all, man. And listen, and so I want to get right to that. But let me just say this, that today is without a doubt National Voter Registration Day. And I'm actually yes. happy because actually back in 2012, folks who may not know, the Hip Hop Caucus actually was one of the the founding orgs who kind of signed on to the letter. It wasn't a hard thing, just signed on to it to make that we want this to happen. But we signed on to that letter because we want it to happen. And this is our 10-year anniversary of the amazing award-winning Respect My Vote campaign. And as we all know, there is no movement without women. And so this year in particular, we are just highlighting all of the powerful women who have been a part of this campaign, you yourself, Antonique, and other celebrities who have been a part. But this year in particular, we have our dear friend Amber Rose, who is definitely doing some things. And and you can check out more. You can pledge and register to vote at respectmyvote.com. Uh, backslash Amber Rose, um, actually slash Amber Rose. So it's respectmyvote.com slash Amber Rose. And you can just go there and you can pledge to vote. We need you to vote from the six, yes. uh, because either we shape policy or policy will shape us. So make sure and go there and vote. But I also love solutions. And so, you know, I love to be solutionary in this hey. process. And so, man, it is time to talk about this, man, new American road trip. So let me break it down for folks, Mustafa, if I can. Go ahead. Break it down okay, so it's okay. broke. It's, I, it's, I don't want to be broke, man. I don't want to be, I really be broke. I don't want to be broke. I mean, you know, God, how you going to be on a road trip and you be broke? How are you gonna start well, yeah, you could be broke down because you're in a fossil fuel vehicle. Oh, I like, oh, that's what, I, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I like to come back on that. So right, in that told. case, listen, the new American road trip is a 2,906-mile journey, which was profiling unsung heroes of the climate change movement on a cross-country journey starting in San Francisco. Now, we have public events in Boulder, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and finishing up in New York. As you mentioned before, this is New York Climate Week. So it was a connection between GCAS, Global Climate Action Summit, up to New York. So it was all across the U.S., local leaders, innovators, workers, and communities are proving that America's commitment to fighting climate change is real, it is yes. robust, 
and it is going to move us forward to a cleaner and healthy future. So climate change isn't a problem only Washington can solve. It is a fight only, and that, not only the fight that, the, no offense, Anthony, that the biggest liberty <laughs> like yourself can lead. It is something that is here in America that we all can do together. And the tide of climate change will be turned in small towns. Now, with that being said, I know, Antonique, you were actually a part of yeah. this amazing new American road trip. Yes, I got to drive the car and everything. It was actually really, really wonderful. It was amazing to be a part of the first leg of the trip. I was in Vegas. Um, I really That's appreciated good. that. Yeah, yeah, it was actually, it was really and what, amazing. And, and what happened in Vegas, not, ain't gonna stay in We Vegas. don't want it to stay in Vegas this time. Exactly. <laughs> it usually stays in Vegas, but this time it's absolutely all over the country it's out of vegas and and that's the way we want it we want everybody to know what happened and i i really appreciate you know that the great american road trip is also honoring change makers at mm. all levels you know not just like you said the big celebrities you know it's the people on the front lines you know and, and the people who are doing that hard work every day and actually some people like literally living through the the things that we are fighting against so there was a total of forty thousand dollars that was given to local innovators okay. who are addressing climate change in their communities i mm. think that is incredible i know there have been some incredible projects happening all over the country and at the second stop in las vegas where i was chispa nevada a program that operates under the environmental advocacy group the league of conservation voters our friends over there the league of conservation voters that's right i worked them a big you know i was holding a big check for seven thousand dollars for promoting electric school buses wow. which helped lower the yes it's helped lower the incidences of asthma in local communities and at the third stop in boulder colorado jennifer shriver and sue Prant of Community Cycles were honored for their green businesses that repairs and sell secondhand bicycles while getting cycles to the to the children wow, of low-income right. families. Mm -hmm, I know. Isn't mm -hmm. that so sweet? I mean, that is so wonderful. Um, there's all, you know, it, it's so many ways to get around. And so to give, you know, these children of low-income, you know, families bicycles, I think that is so, so beautiful. And in St. Louis, the fourth stop on the trip, the aptly named St. Louis Bicycle Works was the winner, which, among its many activities, educates children on sustainability through cycling and bike maintenance and trail net, which works to establish cycle routes and promotes non-motorized transport in St. Louis. Wow. Mm, that's powerful. That's powerful. Wonderful. Yeah. But, you know, we got some more flavor that that's added uh, to the new American road okay. trip. And that is, you okay. know, the cultural leaders like yourself, Antonique, are playing uh. a crazy <laughs> essential role with the road trip, using their voices to raise the alarm to the impacts of climate change and using their platforms to reach and educate a new and more diverse generation of climate champions and giving the climate movement a bit of flavor. Uh -huh. <laughs> something you know something about, Anthony, with amazing celebrities and comedians participating in the road trip, including actors, singers, and activists. You know, we've got folks like Aiden Gallagher okay. uh, from the Umbrella Academy, the TV series, and they also got uh, from the Game of Thrones, uh, Nicola oh. Costa-Waldu. I know you know something about that, Anthony. Mm -hmm. And Oscar <laughs> Nunez. Many folks remember Oscar from The Office. And then, yeah. of course, our own 
actress and Grammy nominated singer. Folks, all these folks on the on, on this road trip, no doubt. That's a big car, right? Man, come yeah. on, man. I try to figure on the fly. They had like a little blue car. I try to figure this thing out. Yeah, but That's you, hilarious. And then I saw I saw Michael, I saw Mike Bloomberg and I saw other folks. Like yeah. a cloud car, just sit people climbing out. Yeah, but you know, Listen, I love that with Antonique and then also our guests, uh, you know, some of our guests who are coming on. We also have comedian Joe Firestone. But this is what's really all about. You know, they are linking culture and policy to make our movement bigger, more diverse and more powerful. Rev. Listen, I think that is wonderful. So Mustafa Antonique, what I like about the Great American Road Trip is that it connected the dots. It it brought right together elected officials from mm-hmm. business leaders, local stakeholders, and it honored culture. And together, that to me, as you know, is a winning mm-hmm. combination because to not only address climate change, but to win on it. It sends a clear message across the country that we are making a substantial progress mm-hmm. to achieve the climate goals under the Paris Agreement. So right. despite the inaction from my friends up here in D.C. and the federal mm-hmm. government, we are doing it together. So today right. we are almost halfway to the original U.S. target target under the Paris Agreement of 26 to 20 percent below the 2005 levels by 2025. And across That's the amazing. country, real economy actors mm-hmm. have this kind of established policies and commitments, which, as they are implemented, will drive continued substantial progress toward the Paris Pledge. Yeah. So That's what's up. let's bring on our first guest who has seen the incredible work happening over the last 10 days, and I know has some incredible stories to share. So uh-huh. let's bring on J.C. Kokolai. Welcome to the coolest show yeah. on climate change. <laughs> hey, J.C. What's up, Hey, J.C. How are you? I'm so good. Love and light to you guys. I'm sitting in a parking lot in Pennsylvania charging up my vehicle. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Mustafa, Mustafa, <laughs> get, get to the folks who might be tuning in right now to think more percent, the coolest show on climate change. Give a little background on JC. Yeah, we are super blessed. JC is a comedian, a writer, a producer, and an activist. She's known for Roles like Tookin in 2015, Key and Peel. She's been on Love 10 to 1. I mean, she's just done it all. But I, this is the part I really like, JC. You are known as Earth's fiercest comedy darling. Come Equal on. parts explosive <laughs> and mindful. Her comedy is engaging. I can agree with that. She'll make you cry your eyes out <laughs> because she's so incredibly funny. Uh, JC, we just really, really appreciate you on so many tips and especially the fact that you stand up for women's rights and you also are a huge champion for the environment. So welcome to the coolest show on climate change. Grazie, yeah. grazie. Hell of an introduction. You made me feel so good in Pennsylvania. There it is. <laughs> there it is. So, JC, how would you describe the new American road trip to somebody you just met? Pure insanity, but pure genius. Mm. Um, it, it's equal parts both uh, for the sheer fact that Mama's 34 road trip really wasn't a part of her life anymore. Um, but also the idea that you can travel in electric car from San Francisco to New York. It's like that was the most appealing thing for me. And I was I was really stoked to figure out if the middle of America had the, the capabilities of making this road trip happen. Wow, that's actually important. 
That is so important. And first of all, we had a wonderful time in Vegas. It was great to meet you. Um, we ended up finding we have a mutual friend, but um, you are just hilarious, and I had a lot of fun with you. Um, and in person, too, you know, not just on stage. You are funny just as yourself, just, you know, hanging out in Vegas. So much fun. Why yeah, do you feel yeah. this sport was needed at this time? Like, what? why now? Why, why did well, I mean, why now? I mean, there's so many reasons, Anthony, too. It's like the the innovation is there and the the facts are there and the information is there. And with those combined, it's, it's more of a why not? Why aren't we exploring these mm-hmm. options now that they're there? And if we have this opportunity, why don't we go and look for these people? Much like a chef goes uh, to a city to explore the food, we need to be exploring what's going on in, in different cities throughout the United States to keep this conversation going. I know that's right. Mm-hmm. True. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Well, you guys, uh, I know you um, were there in Las Vegas, and, you know, you had somebody, well, you had a number of people who that were there with you, but Michael Bloomberg. I want to know, because I, I need for this time, <laughs> doesn't need, what happened in Vegas can't stay in Vegas. So who was <laughs> nope. in Vegas with JC and Anthony? <laughs> well, what, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not telling nobody's business, but we're going to stick with Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> Because we know that is safe. But, you know, Michael actually shared something with the country that I think is really important. You know, he talked about uh, public health um, and in our country, how 200,000 people die each year uh, from, you know, air pollution. Wow. So he, right. he kind of linked it to the benefits of electric vehicles and and how that can help us to actually lower some of these impacts that are happening. And he's talked a little bit about how electric vehicles save lives and helps us to fight climate change by eliminating carbon emissions, which helps us to reach our goals around the Paris Agreement. But he also talked about how the cost comes down um, as we get more people engaged in this space and, and how it also helps us to move away from sort of being dependent on foreign Mm -hmm. oil. You know, what I appreciate about him was that he closed out by saying, you know, that renewable energy just makes good sense and helps us to lower our carbon footprint, which is something that we're all focused on. So let me ask Antonique and JC, how important is it to have someone like Michael Bloomberg and also the head of MGM, you know, Jim Murren, uh, supporting the trip? Hold on. The head of, the head of MGM was there too as well. Yeah. 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 Y'all was this way. This was this, man, this was all right. Yeah. I didn't say Holiday Inn. I said MGM. This is truly a, a a new American road trip. Andrew, I actually spoke before both of them spoke. Um, and, you know, we all know Michael Bloomberg's been doing a lot, but what we didn't know was that MGM is really mm-hmm. on a path to being mm-hmm. 90% clean energy. So next time you go to the fight night or go to the Billboard Awards or, you know, anything going on at MGM, um, very soon it'll be 90% powered by clean energy. By solar. I love they have that. Solar panels. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed meeting both of them. And I think it's important that, People like them are involved because, you know, first of all, we, we all know who Michael Bloomberg is, the great mayor of New York City, three terms. And, um, you know, when people see people like him stepping up and he's a billionaire and, you know, like lately, we, because we have a quote unquote billionaire doing some mm-hmm. things in the White House, um, he's honestly <laughs> kind of making billionaires look bad to me. But Michael Bloomberg is somebody who steps up and um, it shows you that you can put people over profits, that you can be rich and still care about human life. Um, and so I think it's so important. And I love what MGM is doing. And I, I, I've seen after their initiative, after they've made their um, 
uh, their, their pledge to clean energy. I noticed a few other hotels are, okay, we need to jump on and do this. So mm-hmm. they're feeding away and it's, it's catching on. So I think it's, it's, it's really important. And what do you think, JC? Yeah, well, that's why I'll be sleeping at Circus Circus for the rest of my life until they go to <laughs> But no, I've, I've been to piggyback off what you said, and I've had the exceptional opportunity throughout the United States on this trip to meet individual mayors um, putting their, their foot down and saying, we're going to continue this fight uh, to protect the planet because this is what we're good at. We're humans, we're innovative, we're, we're thoughtful, and we can keep going. And reinvent new jobs in a different way. And that was the discussion, right. too. In, in this MGM process, it's not just MGM flips and, oh, wow, we're saving the world. It's all these other kinds of people get work because of it. Because there's innovation everywhere. Everywhere. Yep. Down to a reusable straw as opposed to not straws. Down to solar power. Down to wind farms. It's, they're mm-hmm. utilizing uh, what Nevada has. And they're wow. using the resources wisely. And I think as we're going through the country, we're seeing other cities and states use their resources wisely. And, like, driving this electric car, it's like driving a puff cloud. It is like the Jetsons. It charges up on its own as you're, like, if you let your foot off the gas. So you're you're basically in a video game. Mm. But it has a high safety standard <laughs> for if any accident happens. It's wild. Man, that is you, amazing. That, that sounds so great. Amazing. And, well, you know what, folks? We actually have some audio from the tour, and so you said what happened in Vegas will not stay in Vegas. So, <laughs> and with all of the severe climate events happening around the world, let's actually hear from a first responder who we got taped from on the New American Road Trip about how critical renewable energy is to addressing these events. If we can build a network of renewable energy that guarantees that when somebody picks up a phone, or somebody calls 911, that message gets to the actual people that are going to save them, we're going to be looking at a completely different way and a different model of how we save people. Puerto Rico was without power for months. I got there two weeks after the hurricane. The generators were broken. They had no electricity, so they couldn't receive any calls. So what we did is we took renewable energy technology and built a microgrid at each station. We were able to bring electricity to that station, point of use, no generator, just using sunlight, batteries. And what we were able to do was people were able to pick up a phone, call 911, and that station closest to the emergency got the information and they used their resources to save the people. If you have a community like Las Vegas that has 360 days of sun a year and you start using point of use electricity at each home, now you're building a resilient community that doesn't rely on the 911 system when the electricity goes down because each person now has their own energy source. They can keep refrigeration, fans, in some cases air conditioning. So now you're building a resilient community that can withstand emergencies. As the, as the climate changes, so we were building these resilient structures in communities that were desperate for energy. Somebody could come and charge a battery running a piece of medical equipment. That was a matter of life and death. The difference between life and death that night, October 1st in Las Vegas, was communication and teamwork. So I just basically contacted the fire chief, said, what do you need? And his first need, it wasn't resources. He had firefighters. He had fire trucks like the one behind me. 
He had medical equipment. He needed electricity. So I contacted the resources in the renewable energy world and said, listen, let's band together. Let's get to Puerto Rico and start building microgrids on fire stations. On the mainland, we're just as vulnerable. Our backup generators are the same backup generators they used in Puerto Rico, and they failed. And that is why we've got to look at this technology, recognize its resiliency, and say, this is the answer. I was an immigrant. I came to this country 30 years ago. And I've served the citizens of the United States for 28 years. And so I'm about action. That's what we do. And when you live with this technology every day like I have for 13 years, you know it works. We just have to figure out the technology to harness that nuclear energy. And guess what? We have. Now we have to implement. That's my job. As a father, as a firefighter, as a citizen of the United States, that's my job, is to show the way forward. And if I can spread the word and talk to the fire service here and start implementing the same systems, now we'll start demonstrating to communities, listen, you can have this on a fire station, but what about your home? As soon as we put a site in, it becomes that beacon of light for that community. So elderly people know they can come to the fire station, know they can plug in medical equipment, know they can plug in cell phones, Know that it's a safe place to go when there's no power. That was great. If you're just tuning in, you're tuning in to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. And we are discussing the New American Road Trip, which started from San Francisco and was going to New York. That was Richard Britt, who was a first responder, firefighter out in Las Vegas. We're going to have more clips. We also have with us uh, J.C. Coakley, who's a, an amazing comedian. We have Anthony Smith, one of our co-hosts, who's also on the tour, and myself <laughs> and Mustafa. And that was such an important part, Mustafa, about building resilient communities that can withstand extreme climate events with microgrids. But I actually want to hear some more from these people on the tour. Mustafa, do you got anything else with us from the from the from the New American Road Trip? Oh, without a doubt. Let's move on to Boulder. You know, some interesting things are happening there. So that's the that was the next stop on the tour. Suzanne Jones, who is the mayor uh, for the last three years there in Boulder and who actually comes from the environmental advocacy and, and comes out of environmental nonprofits. And, and she's been very, very focused on um, the eco cycle. And she wow. shared how thrilled she was to be a part of the Global Climate Action Summit and our transcontinental e-road trip, which is sending the message from California all the way to New York City that, you know, we are really serious about acting on climate change. Mayor Jones outlined that the city's long tradition and many first on environmental actions from the beginning with the first communities in the United States and in the 1960s, there in Boulder, they taxed themselves to fund the conservation of 45,000 acres of open space to make sure that that stayed safe. I like that. Yeah, and they've been doing incredible things. Like they're one of the first cities to do recycling in the country. So she knows that she has a lot to live up to. And she said that they are now pursuing their ambitious climate plan promoting rooftop solar and rapid bus transit on major highways, um, you know, to make sure that they get more people who are walking and cycling. So let's hear also, Rev, from a young leader by the name of Brittany Hadley. Okay. Uh, Brittany actually is in alignment with the mayor's vision for a brighter and more sustainable future. It's, it's interesting because it's something that we hear about, but we don't necessarily see it or understand how it works. And now they can say, I'm giving back to the planet. The demand for solar um, has really been taking off in the last few years. There's hundreds of jobs 
that are being created just from this site alone. Um, I believe this site has about 400 people that we're employing just from the local area. This site exactly is producing 100 uh, megawatts AC, and that can power up to 25,000 homes. And that's what I really enjoy about my job is that I don't have one day that's ever like the other. Every little thing that we can do to give back makes a big difference. I do whatever's needed, and sometimes it gets nitty and gritty. If it means pulling wire, that's what I'll do. I get to act, uh, interact with different people from different backgrounds and cultures and education levels. So I might deal with people who've never been to past high school, and then I'll also interact with people that have doctoral degrees. I, I'd say the backbone of this project and every other project like it is the everyday hardworking people that um, just kind of like you and me, they go to school, they just want to feed their families, and they come out here and they put in a lot of effort to make sure that we get this done in the time frames that we require, which is amazing. A lot of the people here at this specific site are local to Nevada, and that's simply because whatever area that we're working in is where we try to get our workforce from. I feel like a lot of people leave with skills that they didn't have when they came here to begin with. I'd like to say that I'm a good boss. Um, but for the most part, like I said, the industry is booming, and I know that we're going to be busy for years to come with this. But I do see myself growing with this company and um, working with Solar for a long time. The opportunities for growth with this company is through the roof. Just because, I mean, I've seen people start out from digging ditches, literally with a shovel, to becoming senior superintendents. So um, I feel like there's a lot of positives to working in Solar. Not only is there job security, um, like I said, there's there's tremendous growing potential as far as where I could go within this company. It doesn't necessarily have to go down the project management path. I could go to the super, superintendent path and be running these job sites. Um, there's also a solve division, which is a little more stable in the sense that you don't travel as much. You may, you're stuck to one site, but there, there's 20 years of maintaining and operating the site and making sure that it's running smoothly. So, I mean, the potential to actually work and continue to work is is really around for this industry. What does your fiance do? Regular okay. Um so this Techrin one phase should produce a hundred megawatts AC raw power and that can power about a hundred or twenty five thousand homes. So Techrin two is actually two hundred megawatts and that's about fifty thousand homes roughly. And Techrin three, four and five potentially if it, they do um, happen we're looking at another 100 megawatts, so another 25,000 homes. So we but the majority of the people here working on site are from Nevada. They're from this valley that um, that we're lucky enough to be in for the next year or two. Casey, we both know firsthand how critical women's leadership is and will continue <laughs> to be to address the impact on climate solutions. As women, we just see things from a different perspective, so necessary in this movement. We Now, we just heard from Mayor Jones, and can you talk a little bit about the incredible mayors and the other women leaders who were part of the tour? Absolutely. So, first and foremost, Suzanne Jones, who wanted to be referred to as Zan, was one of the coolest people I've ever met. And of like course that. she. Yeah, I loved that. Van, I was like, okay, Miss Mayor. Brittany was one of the many women, our vendors, and the incredible people that came out to each event, but especially the way Boulder worked was, it was incredible to see women in this position talking about innovation and how we can look to the future and so many jobs to be created within that. And Colorado itself just being a beautiful place to go through. 
I was fascinated with the little spots that were available for us, even down to the women uh, from Frontier Energy, uh, our main woman, Chris, who's running this full adventure. She has this ability to keep us all kind of in line and give us the information we need to get safely from one place to another, because this is a journey. Mm -hmm. It's the wild, wild west, really. Wow, yeah. It is the wild, wild west. Women, we bring our nurturing, caring side to it, because we we all, I think, just as women, in the way that we are created differently than men, we view things from another another perspective, and mm-hmm. we can bring things to the movement. You know, sometimes little holes that are missing that only a woman could mm-hmm. fill. And, it was teamwork. Uh, it was the yin and yang on this trip, a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. I agree with all of that. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not going to say this. I don't agree with any of that because I actually agree 1,000% with both Anthony and JC on that. And I would love, love, let me just say this. I would love for, and I think it's great that both of you are not only a part of this, but I think it's so important that this in general, this is my little plug, that we have more women leaders who are in leadership Within the climate movement, I think that's just a critical mm-hmm. component to our, not to be mm-hmm. just, not to be, as you guys are and using your celebrity st- standpoints, but also without the day-to-day actions of this, I think it's such an important piece. Um, so I applaud you both in that. And, and also, as you all know, I don't like, I, I don't, I don't want to throw away anything. Like I, I want to recycle every anything. And so <laughs> that even means, and especially lives. I think humans are the one mm-hmm. thing out of yes. anything that we need yes. to make sure and recycle and mm-hmm. put back into full mm-hmm. standing. And so we, mm-hmm. we know that this, that this clean, that this, especially this new clean energy economy has to create economic opportunities for mm-hmm. everyone especially those who have often been forgotten. And so one of the things on this new American road trip is that we actually had somebody who can speak to that. Um, actually, let's go to Danny Alvarez. My name is Danny Alvarez, D-A-N-N-Y-A-L-V-A-R-E-Z. It's an electric bus facility. We build electric buses. Day-to-day, it looks like we get a bus in our station, we acquire our kits from the warehouse, lay out the bus, and then finish installing seats, stanchions, send the bus to the next station. I love it. It's my dream job. It's cool to be part of it because it's like part of the future. We're making a huge impact on the environment that's positive, and it's nice to be part of that. I used to see a lot of people around in the community with the BYD sweaters, and I used to ask them, what is that? And they would tell me, and I'd be like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. And then one guy I always would see, he would tell me, go apply there, go apply there. And the more I kind of investigated into it, I thought, man, that's really awesome, you know? So I applied, but I thought they would never hire me, you know? And uh, they called me, and I was like, wow. I came to an interview, and they were like, all right, you're going to start in a couple of days. I was just like, whoa, all right. I didn't think they would hire me because of the way I look and then the criminal history that I have. So I thought that would be, you know, a turn off for them. We do a lot of training through the union. They're starting a lot of training because we're union members now. So we're doing like they're offering OSHA right now, 10 and 30, and then like forklift and slowly it's, they're building a training program. So it's pretty, it's pretty nice. They give everybody a chance here. I think they take care of their workers good. Um, we definitely are like a huge family. We, you know, we're, we're, we all strive for the same goal, which is to put out nice buses and to, you know, let it be known what we do. And a lot of the workers, you know, we come together and we try to, we try to 
complete our goal, which is that bus, you know, just from start to finish is a huge accomplishment, especially when they load it on a truck and it's leaving. It's like, yes, we did that. All these buses are going to different places. Oh, man, we've sent them to Canada, Washington, New Mexico, everywhere. Everywhere. It's pretty cool. We even have them here in Antelope Valley. There's not very many places out here that people like us or me can go and work and be paid the way that we are here. So it's a huge up for the community because we come in here, not a lot of us have a background of building buses, and they kind of show us, train us, you know, and we learn it here and become part of it. I used to imagine it, but I didn't really think that it would happen, you know. I thought, nah, they wouldn't hire me there. I think that it's part of, you know, changing the future for our children and, you know, their children. Saving, you know, saving the environment. I think that's a, a major thing for me. Doing something that has a positive effect on the community and the world. That's probably my favorite thing. Yeah, we have quite a few women that work here with us, and they're always interested in hiring more. Yeah, so it's equal opportunity for sure. Definitely. A little bit of everything. That's one thing I like about the company is I see that they give everybody a fair chance. It's not, you know, him or her, anybody. Anybody has the same chance here. Well, mostly we we get a blueprint, we get a bus, and we just, we kind of all get on the same page, go through, you know, the process of what we're going to do, and we're hands-on. We, we, we finish what we're supposed to finish that day, and the next station gets the bus. We're at BYD in Lancaster, California, and we build electric buses, change the future. Man, I love that, mm -hmm. man. Giving I the forgotten him. a chance to be part of the new clean economy. We can fight yes. poverty and pollution yep. Yep. at the same time. At the time. same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm so, born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Born and raised. Hey, born so and how, raised. Important, how important are these new clean energy jobs to the communities where you come from? It's mm. fascinating. This journey answers so many questions that the people from my city have been asking since the beginning of this conversation, whenever the steel kind of assembled in the 80s and 90s. And going across the country and meeting people like Danny and, and others who run wind farms and solar-powered boats and electric cars and electric sharing companies, it's, we're going to need the materials to assemble these products. People mm -hmm. are making the time and putting in the effort for those that are in a past industry to give them the ability skills to learn the new industry. We want all hands on deck. We don't want to leave people behind. And that, that was the rhetoric that was breaking my heart was hearing it from the Pittsburgh people and, and going, well, you know, the way to figure this out is to go and do this road trip and find out for ourselves. Because if that's really the case, if all this invention is going and all these heartless people are making these cool, innovative things and they want all these other people not to be a part of it, I want to know for myself. And when I went on this adventure, and still today, even in the city of Pittsburgh last night, the answer is no. They're not leaving anybody behind. They want everybody to be a part of this revolution. It's, it's a new time. Yes, it's a new time. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is so true. Thank you for that, JC. You know, she was there pushing a little bit. She got, she got to think she got I know. Yes. Go ahead, JC. Bring <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, I know you know all about that, man. Um, <laughs> I, I so wish I knew what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Antonique, you want to tell us a little bit about what uh, has happened in St. Louis? 
Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about St. Louis. Mayor Cruzan, working with businesses like IKEA, is helping everyone understand how important energy efficiency is to winning on climate. With close to 80% of emissions coming from buildings, energy efficiency is a must for St. Louis. Mayor Cruzan said she had just signed St. Louis up for a more ambitious standard known as the 2018 IECC, the International Energy Conservation Code, which, aside from reducing pollution, is likely to boost jobs further. Due to a raft of existing and new sustainability measures, St. Louis already has some 15,000 green jobs in areas such as energy auditing, electrical installation, and carpentry. And so I have a quote from Mayor Cruz, and she says, on a, a on an individual level, person by person, neighborhood by neighborhood, city by city, I am optimistic that we can go forward together to have a better environment and leave a better environment for our kids and grandkids. Wow. That yeah. is just, that's amazing to hear the work yeah. that they're doing. She was a boss. Years. She, she was a um, let's hear from Mayor Cableton about how his work aligns with that of Mayor Cruson. Now, California is one of the global leaders in climate policy, but it really all has to play out at the, at the street level. We used to just design like places that were cheaper to live in, but we didn't care about the neighborhood. And I think the real innovation that's happened here is to say, no, it's, it's not just about having the building be affordable. It's the, the place itself has to be walkable. There has to be access to biking and to transit and to other ways to getting around and maybe not need to get around so much. And that's where we're making investments here on the ground level. What we're doing in, in, in trying to uh, make housing more sustainable is just create the kinds of places where, in addition to being able to afford the house, you can get to where you need to go for work or for church or to visit grandma or to take care of the uh, child care, uh, all without having to drive solo and, and make emissions. And that's one of our central strategies. And it turns out to be one of the most, the most efficient and effective ways to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. 20 years ago, we thought that we could solve issues around air pollution and now climate change just if we, if we just spent one more dollar on, on the bus system, and if we just put more money in it, if we just tried a little harder. And what we realized uh, after trying that for generations and not succeeding was under the, it was the neighborhood, it was the place, it was the land use that really drove everything. It didn't matter if, the, if there was another bus running, if you lived too far from work or you lived on a cul-de-sac out in the middle of nowhere, you couldn't get on a bus, no matter how great it was. And so we've, I think, learned in the last generation, we have to change our pattern of, of uh, human habitation of the land, and that's exactly what we're doing in communities like mine. What we are proving is that part of the path to averting climate change is improving our quality of life. One example is we're, we're operating now um, one of the nation's largest electric bike share systems. And, you know, a lot of folks think, oh, that's adorable. It's cute. The red bikes are out there. That's, you know, that's nice, good, you know, good for you. But uh, the, what the research is showing from a little bit here and in San Francisco in particular is it's, it's actually reducing the number of car trips by a not trivial amount. Uh, given that we're not spending uh, really any money on it, it has a powerful impact on, on on behavior because people now have a fun, joyful way of getting around that also doesn't produce emissions. And so these strategies that we are experimenting with and trying, um, some of them won't work. Some of them will not produce the results that we need, but we've got to put everything we have out on the table. 95% of American mayors say we're already experiencing uh, the effects of climate change with severe events in our communities. If we want to have any hope of persisting, surviving, sustaining as a, as a community, we have to go all in. So I think lessons from a, from a small salt of the earth town like West Sacramento really do have applicability. You don't have to be San Francisco 
in order to really make a difference in fighting climate change. So, uh, West Sacramento was the first city in California to, to get an investment from the state, from the cap and trade funds, to be able to help bridge the gap for affordable housing. And it seems so big and so global that it, it, it can be tempting to think, okay, we'll just, you know, hopefully New York and San Francisco and Paris and, and Sao Paulo will figure this out. Um, but they can't, uh, you know, that the, the, this is going to require the entire planet and especially those of us in small and medium sized communities to step up and do it. Whether they believe in climate change or not, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's good economics. It's good community. It's good social equity. It's good neighborhood revitalization. When they see that, I think my hope is that uh, it will wipe away the politics of the issue and we can just unite as a country trying to get this done. Uh, I met a woman the other day who, for the first time in 10 years, bought ice cream at the supermarket. So it isn't just about the climate change piece itself. It's about the human impacts and benefits that are happening right now. Almost every decision has the potential of contributing to a, a little bit, but every little bit counts in the battle against climate change. Before, we used to think of ourselves as we're, we're a poor, small town, and we just, you know, we hope for the best. <laughs> and now we feel like the future is partly ours to seize. And uh, I think that's been the proudest part of being mayor of a, of a small community like mine, my, my, my home. Um, but it's also, I think, uh, exposed us to the possibilities that we can help achieve and help to teach other communities. Uh, I, I think a central uh, role of any community leader like a mayor is to translate how climate change solutions can also improve, uplift and change our own day to day lives in the now. It is really about how do we how do we leverage all of the pieces to create both a better community and one that is contributing towards the global fight. What inspires me is doing the work on behalf of real people and people who otherwise wouldn't have a fighting shot. Affordable housing combined with really inclusive, innovative mobility solutions are one of the most central ways to reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions. I'm Christopher Cabaldon. I'm the mayor of West Sacramento, California, and have been for 20 years. Wow. Climate change solutions giving real people mm -hmm. a chance. Man, we have Amazing. been discussing the new American road trip, and I'll need to discuss next steps. So, JC, at the end of the tour in New York City, <laughs> you will be handing off the pledges that were gathered during the tour to leaders at the One Planet Summit to show the world that America is still in the fight against climate change. But mm -hmm. what happens after that? Okay, so it's wonderful to know that what happens after that first and foremost is I take the world's longest nap. Um, and then <laughs> that will be in the hands of President Macron of France, and it will also be in the hands of Marshall Viles. So it's interesting to have both parties there to appreciate what's going on and see it firsthand, the work that has prospered over this last couple of days. JC, talk about some of the issues that you guys discovered in trying to take electric car across the country and the fact that the infrastructure really doesn't support it and, and how we need to focus on building that now. Well, absolutely. <laughs> it, it, it's such a great question. It really is because you think like a road trip is just a road trip, right? You stock it up, you go to a gas station every couple of miles, you know when your thing's shortened, but when you're an electric car, you're really relying on the, the ingenuity with the vehicle and, and what is capable along the way. And, and so you have to route things very properly and you have to anticipate um, your range. And you, you can actually recharge the car by not pressing on the gas. So it's like almost giving yourself back more energy. So there's ways to do it. And across the border, across the borders of each state, it's, it's either in 
Walmart stations or um, gas stations at some places like restaurants, the things that I noticed, like, as a woman from my perspective is I, you know, there's only one or two chargers maybe up there. So maybe if there are three people that have an electric car, uh, oh, you're out of luck. You have to wait. Uh. It takes about 45 minutes to charge. And, you know, I'm a woman by myself in an electric car. I don't want to be in a parking lot by myself charging a car for 45 minutes. So this is an opportunity for restaurants amazing restaurants and and, mm. and outdoor activities, farmer's markets even, to come together and say, hey, at this farmer's market, we're going to have all these stations up so people can have activity and community interaction at each of these stops, you know, to, to basically guide the way a bit um, on these journeys so you feel safe and protected while you're on the move. Well, JC, thank you for being on Think yes. 100%. The coolest show on climate change. You're always welcome back to make sure you can bring us your, your, your laughter and your humor and just your energy. <laughs> yeah. Always Thank welcome you. back to the show. And we just know Bye. as we close out this show talking about the new American road trip that across America, states, cities, businesses, universities, and citizens, they are taking action to fight climate <laughs> change and grow the economy and protect public health. And America's pledge continues to bring together private and public sector leaders to ensure the United States remains a global leader in reducing emissions and delivers the country's ambitious climate goals of the Paris Agreement. The New American Road Trip is a message of hope and that hope for a city and local leadership and communities where they can and are driving climate solutions and are shaping how clean energy is realized in our communities. Thank you for listening to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. Thanks for joining us this week on Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change, a hip-hop caucus platform. Let's keep this important dialogue going. Be a part of the conversation by following us on social media at Think100Show and at Hip Hop Caucus. Visit our website at think100.info for blog content, information on upcoming events, or to connect with us. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever podcasts are available so you'll never miss an episode. Rate and review us or simply tell a friend. Climate change impacts all of us. And if we think 100%, we can achieve a 100% sustainable and just world together. Big 100, big 100.